Hey guys, welcome to the Learn Feng Shui podcast, where you'll learn feng shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. So if you're interested in learning feng shui, Chinese astrology, all things Chinese metaphysics, as well as the superstitions and myths that connect it all, you'll enjoy learning feng shui with me. Welcome to the winter solstice episode. I'm excited today to talk about the concept of the nobleman or what is usually known as helpful people. Let's start off first by looking at what a nobleman is. So um, there's a really great article on uh, the Feng Shui by Jen website. Um, she has really, some really great articles on there. So I will, of course, link that below. But here it says a nobleman is simply described as helpful people. Grandmaster Raymond Lowe labels it as earth angels. And while the physical or abstract form of nobleman is not always absolute, whenever the nobleman luck does appear, it signifies a more auspicious time in one's life. So basically a nobleman is, of course, a helpful person in your life, helpful people that appear. So I really do stand on the, the um, kind of quote that no man is an island. And we really do need help, whether it's somebody close to us, you know, maybe it's just somebody we can talk to or lean on during that time or somebody we partner with, or maybe they even benefit us financially, you know, that can be a helpful person. But sometimes it comes in the form of people we don't really see or we don't really know. Um, and, you know, maybe they push things through for us and we didn't expect things to happen or you know we uh you know somebody returns something that you lost you know that's the help of a nobleman and that's the power of this nobleman energy i have a really great story about um activating an energy called the young nobleman which is actually what i'm going to focus on in today's later segment but the nobleman really is a really powerful energy that can bring you you know some good luck it can boost you up and it'll really bring you people into your life that can help benefit you. So again, as mentioned, one of the ways we can find a nobleman or one of the ways to use it is actually looking at our own personal yin and yang or yin and yang nobleman. So in Batsa, we do have different like symbolic stars in there. And two of the stars that we have are the yin and the yang nobleman. So if you, and this kind of just goes off of your, what's called your day master. Remember the day you're born, there is an element on top of the animal sign or that zodiac sign. So if you are born um, under the element of a yang metal, yang earth or yang wood, your nobleman is the ox and the goat. If you are born under the element of yang fire or yin fire, your nobleman is the horse, I mean the, sorry, the rooster or the pig. If you're born under the element of yin metal, your um, yin and yang nobleman is the horse and tiger. If you're born under the element of yin earth or yin wood, yours is the monkey or rat. The elements of yang and yin water, their nobleman is the snake and the rabbit. So what happens and how do you find this? Like, how do you actually use it, right? How do we use this? So how exactly do we use the nobleman look in our botsas? So uh, one of the most practical things is just kind of look for when that zodiac sign appears, kind of going back to the definition earlier, it did say whenever the nobleman look does appear, it signifies a more auspicious time in one's life. So just kind of practically looking at the energy of the day, the month, the years, you know, um, every year, of course, is governed by a zodiac sign. You're going to get a year that has one of your noblemen. 
um, but more practically looking at the months of the year. So, I mean, remember the 12 zodiac signs govern the 12 months. And so at least twice during the year, you're going to get the luck of the yin or the yang nobleman. So, and even every day. So remember these animal signs also cycle through every 12 days. So a few times during the month, you're going to have a day that could possibly bring you that nobleman luck. You know, it might be a, a day where your, you know, wallet is recovered or whatever. So just kind of keep your eye out for that. Um, and when looking at Batsa, if we look at your, um, what's called your luck cycle. So you do have your four animal signs that govern your, your year, your month, your day, and the hour you're born. But you also have um, what is called your luck cycle, um, and that is actually going to be a 10-year cycle of energy, and sometimes it appears in the luck cycle. So every 10 years, that switches. So throughout your life, you you know will have this probably at least once, if not twice. So really just kind of practically looking at when those energies occur, that could mean you're having a nobleman luck, and you could have helpful people around you. So one thing that I would note is that sometimes when nobleman luck does appear, um, it is not necessarily in the help of a nice person. So I think this particularly holds true to Batsa. Um, so when activating the nobleman within your home, don't worry about this so much. But in our natal charts, one thing I noticed is sometimes when that nobleman luck does appear, it can come in the form of a tough helper. So just for practical example, um, if you watch the Harry Potter movies, if you think of Professor Snape and the, the, how tough he was in Harry Potter and he really stressed Harry Potter out, right? He's, he was stressing Harry, Harry the whole time, sweating him and everything, but it really was because he knew that Harry was capable of uh, great things. And of course he was kind of you know, shadow to protect him. So that's like the perfect example of the yin nobleman, <laughs> kind of an unseen force that, that protects you. Um, however, again, uh, sometimes it can be a little bit um, tough. And if you, if you really think about it, some of our hardest life lessons or the most impactful ones have been because we've had like a really tough teacher or somebody be really tough on us and, you know, push us to that potential. Kind of just practically looking at a feng shui, maybe from a little bit of Western style or a BTB style of feng shui, you can either look for the northwest corner of your home or the northwest gua or sector of your home, or you can look for the back left corner. And that usually is said to represent helpful people and travel. Um, generally, it's called like the travel sector, but most of the time it is kind of like known as benefactors or helpful people sector area. So if you practice that style and you want to enhance your area that way, you can add either metallic or earth elements to feed into the metal. So remember when we're looking at the element cycle, especially um, when we're uh, decorating or enhancing it that way with decor or those intentional reminders, we can definitely look at that element cycle and we can take our um, inspiration from that. So when we look at feng shui design, we do look at the element cycle and what feeds into uh, the element of that gua or sector. And so it's not an area that I like to place water, but you can, because so if you think about it, water actually degrades the metal that is represented by that sector. And so you want to do something to enhance or feed it. So you can add, either add the touch of metal to strengthen it um, and enhance and kind of um, yeah, just enhance that metal energy. And so you can do this by adding, you know, your colors, you can add in, um, iridescence, metals, metallic type colors, 
um, rainbow colors are really pretty. Of course, those silvers and grays, like things like that, you know. But if you want to feed into the palace, you can decorate with colors that are like metallics, uh, your warm, just kind of earthy tones, like maybe beige or peach tones and uh, yellows, you know, so kind of those warm, earthy type tones of color. Um, if you'd like to um, use crystals and stuff like that, you can definitely do that. And shapes, shapes represent the elements also. So you can definitely add like square shapes, square type pillows in earth tones, or you can add crystals, of course, which represent the earth elements, citrines, things like that. If you want to enhance and just keep with the tone of metals, you can definitely use like round shapes. And again, just kind of taking from those tones and color palettes that represent uh, the element. So looking at a really dynamic energy, you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier, there's different symbolic meanings in your Bata chart. Well, there's different symbolic stars that also visit your, the different guas or sectors of your home. For this, you probably need a little bit more detailed compass um, or bagua laid over your home, um, which is called the 24 mountain compass. So it actually breaks the compass down from north to three sectors of north. So it'll be north one, two, and three, or northwest one, two, and three. So you need a little more detail because you're going to want to find the animal sign of dragon or horse. So there's some very auspicious energies with the dragon and horse this year. Um, the sun noble, the sun noble is with the dragon. And consequently, if you do have the um, dragon in your natal chart, in your Bata chart, you you will have what is called the sun noble. So what that means is that the energy is actually um, like getting problems out in the open this year. So you're going to have the energy with you that is like shines a light on on the issues so you're able to bring them out in the open and solve them so that's one of the things that the sun noble does so that's a really a good and auspicious energy um the one thing i will warn against with the sun noble is that if you have any things that you don't want dragged out in the open or public or to be common knowledge um that may be revealed because again it's like shining the light on everything and everything's revealed so sometimes it's better just to get things out in the open though and get it over with so you can just talk about it and move past it I did forget to mention that area is called it's Southeast Three that has the energy of the dragon. Like it houses the zodiac sign of the dragon within your home. So you'd have to find the area of Southeast Three to activate that dragon energy. Um, and that's not going to come in until after February. So make sure we're not activating that quite yet. So the other energy we want to look at is called the Moon Noble. So looking at the energy for 2023, the moon noble is a also a problem solving energy, but it solves it in a little bit quieter way. So it's kind of like one of those negotiating things where it's like a negotiation tactic um, that you can, can sweep things under the table. You can deal with them privately and um, yeah, and the problems are solved. So and that is with the zodiac sign of the horse this year. So these are a little bit different than the yin and yang nobles or um, the nobles within your zodiac chart. But even though you might not have the helpful people come out necessarily, you will have the ability to solve problems this year. And this is with the zodiac sign of horse 
and um, the sector of South Two. So I'm not sure that I um, want to activate the South Two of our homes yet. So stay tuned for those activations because um, there's some other energies. I'm not sure we want to kind of trigger off in the home. But if you do have the zodiac sign of horse, know that you do have that problem solving energy. And I, I will talk more about the zodiac signs and um, the auxiliary stars that are accompanying them for the year. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, that is one way we can look at some problem solving energies also. Looking at now the energy that we're going to want to activate after the winter solstice is the energy called the Yang Noblemen. So I'm going to explain here in just a minute what the Yin and Yang Noblemen are. But first, I want to tell a little bit of a personal story about how impactful this nobleman energy can be. So for 2020, during quarantine, you know, during all that COVID situation, um, you know, we racked up a lot of debt. We accumulated a lot of debt. We actually had some properties foreclosed on. My husband's a, a real estate investor. Um, and one of the biggest things I think that, that we were trying to catch up on was that we had a forbearance on our home. So a forbearance basically on a mortgage is you just defer your payments for a certain amount of time. So we were having our payments deferred for six months at a time. So, but at the end of the six months, you're going to have to come up with the lump sum of money or, you know, we're facing selling our home. And um, so, you know, obviously this is pretty concerning and pretty stressful. And so beginning of 2021, we're starting to get back on track financially. But one of the biggest things that we had to take care of was the forbearance and paying that back to the mortgage company. And of course, this was the biggest stress, right? Do we need to sell our home? What are we going to do? So um, I remember it very specifically because it was uh, June. It was the middle of June. And this is why I'm currently signed up with my uh, Feng Shui Master Master Jensen Go um, because of this activation and how impactful it was. So I just happened to actually stumble into Clubhouse. You remember that app? So I don't know if you still use that. <laughs> so I stumbled into Clubhouse. I just happened to see um, uh, Master Jensen there. I had been following him on Facebook and saw some of his posts and, you know, thought his stuff was pretty interesting. I was kind of following him. And I was like, oh, he's, I didn't, I don't think I realized he even, um, you know, was actively like teaching, had this kind of mastermind group. And so he was talking about the energy coming in, which is the yin nobleman. It was coming into the South for 2021, um, to the, the South uh, sector. So, um, I did an activation uh, the best I knew how, I mean, without being a student, he couldn't tell me a lot, but I kind of did do some things and I was able to, uh, kind of decide for myself where to put this, uh, to do an activation. I just lit a candle and I did some like cleaning and stuff. So I activate the area. So, uh, maybe two days later, we got an email saying that everything had been pushed through. We were approved for mortgage assistance. We were able to pay the rest of the, what we owed on the note that the mortgage assistant didn't cover. And so it was just like this miracle happened. Um, and on top of that, my husband did get some, um, income relief, you know, some of that income relief from a COVID, um, you know, that COVID relief that was happening around that time. So we're very, very blessed, but it was like, everything just got pushed through and like the right people came in. And so, and this is what I'm talking about when I say sometimes the help comes from people we don't know. So specifically the Yin nobleman energy is said to bring in people that either we don't see, maybe we don't know. Um, sometimes it's, it can be a feminine energy cause it's, you know, the Yin energy. 
And so it's just that type of energy, but sometimes it's a hidden, hidden people or people we don't know, strangers that come along to help us. And that's why I'm uh, so adamant about activating this energy. So let's talk about now the Yang nobleman that comes in on the solstice. So the energy we're going to want to be looking at is again called the Yang nobleman. And it does come back around in um, December around the 22nd after the solstice occurs. And so the best way I can kind of explain the Yin and the Yang noble or like the energies of why that they are the way they are is kind of um, expressed in the changing of the seasons. So if we look at um, December, that's considered kind of the first half of the year, December, January, February, March, you know, all the way up from December to June is kind of considered the first um, half of the year. And looking at that time, um, the energy has declined uh, so much um, that our days are really short, you know, our nights are really long. And of course, the solstice is the longest night of the year. We have the most darkness that we have. So it is considered the most yin time of the year. But after the solstice, occurs, we have a gradual increase of chi or energy in, you know, our environment, um, things, you know, will gear, start gearing up for spring and, you know, everything starts, the energy starts accelerating again, all the way up until June. And so this is the yang energy. This is the active masculine type energy. So this occurs, of course, it ends on the summer solstice when the energy has built so much and we have the longest day of the year, the shortest night. Uh, well, after that happens, the energy again starts to decrease. So from the summer solstice to the winter solstice, we then have a yin time of year. And that is known as um, the the yin nobleman, the yin nobleman occurs. So the yin nobleman is kind of special this year. It actually doesn't, doesn't come in, doesn't report for duty. It doesn't, uh, doesn't show back up. It takes a vacation the, the rest of the year. Um, so we're not going to be able to activate it according to the calculations. It actually goes to the center of our homes. So we're not able to tap into that. We can't use it. Um, it's like it disappears, right? <laughs> but however, we can take advantage of that yang nobleman that is coming in um, on the, the winter solstice. So this actually is going to be in the West sector of our home. So activating the West sector of our home, um, we do have to be mindful because next year after the shifting of the year of the rabbit comes in around February, we're going to want to be careful of not activating the area that is governed by the rooster right at West too. So if you need help finding this within your floor plan, I would be very happy to help you out. Remember I do offer to do that for, uh, for listeners. So just message me and we can find a spot to activate within your home that can activate this energy, but it just occurs in the West. That's where it falls at for, um, for this solstice. So of course, when I say activation, I don't love putting water in the West, but one thing you can do is place a little fan, a little radio, um, something that just moves or activates the chi. So when I say fan, I literally mean a small little USB fan. That's what I use for my activations um, or a small little radio. It doesn't even have to be loud, but I would suggest those um, in areas that I don't like to place water like the West. Let's take a quick little ad break and we'll come back with our Folklore Friday segment. Mm -hmm. 
So what better thing to include in a winter solstice episode than a little bit of pagan culture and tradition. So taking a look at the story of the legend of the Holly King and the Oak King. And I think it mirrors beautifully what I described with the energy that's waning and waxing throughout the year. From LearnReligions.com, The Legend of the Holly King and the Oak King. In many Celtic-based traditions of neo-paganism, there's an enduring legend of the battle between the Oak King and the Holly King. These are two mighty rulers that fight for supremacy as the wheel of the year turns each season. At the winter solstice or Yule, the Oak King conquers the Holly King and then reigns until Midsummer or Letha. Once the summer solstice arrives, the Holly King returns to do battle with the Old King and defeats him. In the legends of some belief systems, these dates and events are shifted, and the battle actually takes place at the equinox. So the Oak King is the strongest during Midsummer or Letha, and the Holly King is dominant during Yule. From a folklore and agricultural standpoint, the interpretation seems to make sense. In some Wiccan traditions, the Oak King and the Holly King are seen as dual aspects of the Horn God. Each of these twin aspects rules for half of the year, battles for favor of the goddess, and then retires to nurse's womb for the next six months until it's time to take reign once more. Often, these two entities are portrayed in familiar ways. The Holly King frequently appears of a wood, as a woodsy version of Santa. He dresses in red and wears sprigs of holly tangled in his hair and sometimes depicted driving a team of stags. The Oak King is portrayed as the fertility god and often appears as the green man or the other lord of the forest. The symbolism of the holly and ivy is something that has long appeared for centuries. In particular, their roles as representations of opposite seasons have been recognized for a long time, particularly in a poem called Green Goeth the Holly by King Henry VIII. From RoyalBotanicalGardens.com, um, a lovely article entitled The Everlasting Battle of the Holly and Oak King. Uh, the winter solstice celebrated the rebirth of the sun, a return to life and a changing of the seasons. Symbolizing the changing seasons, the legend of the Holly and Oak King represented personifications of winter and summer. They were locked into a never-ending battle for seasonal supremacy. Both kings represented solar lightness, darkness, crop renewal, and growth. During the warm days of summer, when in full leaf, the oak king is at its height of its strength. On the approach of winter and with the loss of the oak king's leaves, the holly king regains power at the winter solstice. So at this point, the oak king is reborn. As the new leaves open, the cycle perpetuates. Both are portrayed in familiar ways with the Holly King. Again, kind of having that woodsy version of Father Christmas, dressed in red, the holly sprigs in the hair, and the Oak King is portrayed as the fertility or godlike um, figure appearing as the green man or similar forest character. So it's actually the second time that I heard reference to the green man this week and that archetype. Um, I was listening to a episode of Mysterious Universe the other day 
And I, I kind of heard this in, in reference to a story they were doing. So it was one of those things where I was kind of listening and passing. I wasn't really actively listening. I just kind of had my headphones in. So when I read this and I was doing that segment earlier, I opened up my phone to try to look at the show notes because I couldn't remember which episode it was in. So I was going to try and go back and look for it and see what they were talking about. So when I opened up my phone, it was 1111. So 1111 is supposed to be a number of alignment and a a little wink from the universe showing that you are on the right path. (laughs) So I just thought that was a strange little um, synchronicity. And I've had some other ones occur while I was recording this episode. So who knows, who knows. But um, again, I have been working with that Meteor Impact Stone called Moldavite, which is supposed to create glitches in the matrix and uh, vibrating in different realities and also synchronicities. So it's kind of a sign that the Moldavite is working. So speaking of Moldavite, uh, that's a perfect segue to introduce in um, Tammy Doe, who does work with the Meteor Impact Stone called Moldavite. So she's going to talk to us today about the winter solstice. And you may have been experiencing some some different um, kind of symptoms, sicknesses, you know, things like that within your body. Um, but according to Tammy, this is because there's an acceleration of energy and a, a, a period of like death and rebirth um, that is occurring around the winter solstice. So let's go to the segment with Tammy and hear what she has to say about it. I'm so excited to welcome back um, Tammy Doe. So you may remember Tammy from uh, some previous um, episodes. We've talked before. Welcome back, Tammy. Hey, Candice. Thank you for having me back. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to look into the energy of the winter solstice. But before we get into that, um, just to kind of refresh the audience, if they're coming in new, um, who you are and a little bit about your work. Perfect. Well, my name is Tammy Doe and uh, my company is The Light Goddesses. So I work specifically with a meter impact stone called Moldavite. So many of those who are familiar with the crystal world, uh, this meteorite impact stone is from outer space. The energy is very powerful. So I uh, have a great a good selection of it and I integrate it a lot with the practice that I do. So Reiki, past life regressions are Everything I do integrates the energy of Moldavite and outer space stones. You do the meditations using Moldavite grids and uh, all kinds of other different crystal grids. Right. Typically when you work with Moldavite, it takes you out of body or Moldavite makes you very spacey. So when you're under it, your consciousness is out there in this higher realm consciousness. And so that's when we do the work on the body uh, as you're conscious up there, tapping into your higher self. Yeah, it's really interesting some of the things that have come up for me during some of the meditations. But aside from that, and kind of looking at, um, you work a lot with different energy portals that are opening. And around the winter solstice, there's a special kind of energy. Um, Can you tell us about that? Yeah, the winter solstice. So now leading up into the winter solstice, we are in a space of kind of like the birth canal. Uh, it is a death of an old version of you. So the last couple of months, especially leading up till now, there's a lot of um, shedding that is occurring. So the death of an old version of us 
uh, we're going through right, right now. So when we think of rebirth, many people think it's just one, but actually there's many rebirths that we're going through. So every time we shed a layer of ourself, uh, the next year entering, there's another rebirth. And so that's what's happening right now on the 21st during the equinox uh, that from my understanding, from my how I managed to sense piece it together with the Moldavites is we're, we enter this birth canal, the 21st comes through, we're going to have a three day of darkness. And then after that is the birth. So it, and it's around the same time as Jesus, right? So we're entering this Christ consciousness, the return of the light uh, is how you can put it as well, right? It aligns with all the different other teachings, but explain from a different point of view. Typically when you do a lot of purging or at least or shadow work, uh, cravings tends to pick up. But even now, as the Schumann resonance is picking up, um, you know, our body is trying really hard to ground. So craving has been picking up uh, quite a bit. So typically when cravings come through, it's important to not judge ourself, you know, those negative self-talk, um, because that is old trauma that uh, maybe we have it processed or uncollapse. But it's so when when you're doing this, it's important to talk to your body what it wants, Uh High, high in carbs, sugar, salt. Those are typically symptoms when you do a lot of shadow work that your body's trying to ground. So no, here, here's another important thing uh, to point out. When you are grounding, rather than grounding to this earth right now, it's uh, try grounding into the new earth because this there is this split of the old and the new earth that's happening. So many of you who are star seeds, light workers, we are aware of this ascension. So try this out. Uh, if you're feeling really heavy, you're, you're eating a lot, ground yourself into this new earth rather than the old earth. Um, some other body symptoms are vivid dreams. Uh, dreams has been triggering quite a bit this past month. So if you're getting a lot of dreams, uh, try writing down on a dream journal. And uh, these dreams actually are consistent if you start writing down a journal and you start piecing together the pieces. And so when, like you talked about when grounding, so how can we ground ourselves? Like literally, is it uh, something we do through meditation or can we like physically go out and, and ground? Because usually when you talk about grounding, at least in my, my um, understanding, it's like literally putting your feet in the earth, you kind of connect back to the earth. But if we're talking about connecting to another consciousness, how do we want to go about a grounding to this different frequency, this different dimension. Right. See, because this new earth is of a higher frequency and uh, I think Moldavite is this energy from the stars. It's uh, this energy of unconditional love. So you can look on YouTube for different groundings. I, I say you can ground anywhere. I will be releasing a uh, grounding to the new earth meditation on my channel as well at the light goddesses now if you're trying to ground to this earth it feels really heavy even now the energy coming through it feels very heavy and very dense so that's why your body's trying to grasp to match the energy of this earth which is already too heavy and too dense so uh check out online for some new earth meditation and um follow up on my channel i'm going to be releasing in this next couple of days to ground to the new earth uh opening up a moldavite grid to help you get there on a faster that's what moldavite does it accelerates the energy thank you so much for the information so yeah i'll look forward to 
take advantage of that meditation. That'll be, that'll be awesome. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Tammy, for, for joining me today. I look forward to uh, some future information about, you know, energies coming up, special portals and dates. So if anybody wants to find you, where can they go? Um, you, can they go? <laughs> <laughs> you can check out uh, my YouTube channel at the light goddesses with a yes at the end or, um, yeah, my Instagram and uh, website, The Light Goddesses as well. So I, uh, yeah, check it out. If you are familiar with Moldavite, you want to learn more about Moldavite or past life regressions or Reiki healing, uh, that's what I am here to be of service for. Thank you. And of course, I'll link all that um, in the description below so they'll be able to easily find you. Thank you. Thank you, Candice. For a free energy mapping of your floor plan, please check the link in the show notes. To support today's podcast, go to learnfengshui.com, sign up for emails, leave a review, and share with your family and friends.